Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of That's Entertaining, your, you know, entertainment podcast that comes whenever it comes. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, I am joined by one Mr. Justin Picker. Justin, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing really good. You know, it's, uh, I, I saw Sp- Spider-Man today, so um, it, it's, a, it's a good day. It is a good day, and of course, that is why we are here to discuss Spider-Man. Um, and this one was the third of the Tom Holland films, and this one is No Way Home. Yes. Yeah, so it's it, it's interesting. So you got Homecoming, then you got Far From Home, and now No Way Home. Um, someone definitely is is saying that Spider-Man is now home in some respects, don't you think? Yeah, I um, I. Th- I think this will become to be known as the Homecoming trilogy, and um, we'll get into it. But I mean, I think this is—they took instead of uh, one um, film to go over Spider-Man's origin in the MCU, they did three <laughs> to complete the normal, um, you know, the origin story of our Spider-Man in the MCU. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's. Definitely taking its time, but you know it's been a good ride so far. So, uh, without further ado, before we jump into this this film discussion proper, um, for for me, I watched all the Spider-Man movies going into this. So, you know, starting with the Tobey Maguire movies, then the Andrew Garfield movies, and then uh, Civil War, where he was introduced, Homecoming, No Way Home, or sorry, Far From Home. Um, so I watched all those before this one, and. Uh, that was, you know, pre- preparing me for whatever might come during this movie. And so yeah. I'm, I'm glad I did that. Did you do anything similar? I didn't. I watched like half of one of the Andrew Garfield movies. <laughs> um, I, I, the thought came to me, but it was just too late. It was like a couple days ago. I was like, I should probably watch these films again. And then I actually found it difficult to watch them because they're not just on Disney plus mm-hmm. because of reasons. And, uh, so then I was like, I give up. I'm not gonna do it. So um, luckily, the um, Tobey Maguire ones are just burned into my brain. <laughs> so um, maybe not so much the third movie, which would have come in handy a little bit here, but enough that I got the gist. I definitely missed up. There is one particular moment in No Way Home that would have paid off a little more if I had seen the second Andrew Garfield movie. Ah, um, mm-hmm. So I, I, I kind of figured it out after the fact and i could tell it was supposed to be something special um i wish i had um seen that one Mm. yeah well we'll but i also am glad i have never seen it based (laughs) on everything i've seen from that movie it wasn't terrible i mean i mean that's where you get electro from as well so yeah um, definitely you know blue electro (laughs) yeah a a different version of of the character for sure than what we saw on this movie um so that's why going into this one and did you have any problems getting your tickets online? Because, you know, I didn't, I didn't make the decision to go see this movie until like they had the tickets had gone on sale, and so they had this whole big thing about, you know, Flickster or whatever it is, Fandango going down, uh, and the mm-hmm. websites, you know, having trouble getting them. So I did have some issues trying to get my initial ticket, but it it went through, you know, eventually. Did you have any problems getting your ticket to go see this movie? No, I um, actually ended up. Um, well, I so I went and seen today. Um, today is Saturday, the eighteenth, um, and uh, I only picked up my pick tickets earlier this week on Monday. I think um, it was almost sold out um, for the showing. It was a middle of the day showing, three o'clock, 
um, and I did not have any issues. So um, we've got a pretty big chain um, of theaters around Grand Rapids, West Michigan, the Celebration Cinemas, and um, usually their website's pretty good and holds up pretty well. So, nope, got to go see it in IMAX. Um, first movie I've been to the theater in... Oh, boy. I think the last film I went and seen was Us, the Jordan Peele. Okay. Yeah, that's been a lot. Um, You know, definitely uh, way before the pandemic and all that. I, this was my coming back to the theater. So This was uh, your homecoming. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was it was great. I, was, I couldn't be happier. Yeah. Um, so for me, I have seen one other movie in the theater during the COVID era, and that was... I went on a random Tuesday matinee afternoon showing for Fast 9, I think it was, because I just like, if I'm going to see this movie, I need to see it on the biggest screen possible, because what else is the point? So uh, that's the only time I've seen uh, a movie during the pandemic before this one, and definitely a way different experience from then, because when I went and saw that movie, I was like the only one in the theater, so I felt pretty good, pretty comfortable there. And here... Like, even though they were, like, I thought they were supposed to, like, space people, like, s- seats between people. Um, like, there were people, like, right next to me, like, on either side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I'm like, uh, and people behind me and in front of me and everything. So, like, I kept my mask on the whole time. Didn't, obviously, didn't get any concessions or anything. So, I was just, like, I never really felt comfortable while I was there, you know? So, yeah. I was just, like, yeah. Because everybody, you know, who has, who's eating or whatever, they've all got their masks off. And I'm yep. like, I'm just, and I'm, you know, I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, I don't care if people, you know, whatever. But, um, so I feel like I was, you know, just, I don't know. A little bit distracted? Yeah, and I wasn't able to fully really enjoy the, the film, like, or be immersed in it like I typically yeah. would, you know? So yep. I, I've come to really enjoy the home viewing experience. I, yeah. <laughs> I've come to, to find yeah, out. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, but, all that aside, I mean, it was nice to be in the theater and, you know, seeing that fervor around, you know, something, you know, it, it's it's interesting to see, you know, the, it, I think they said it's made like 50 million on like the Thursday night move showings and this opening weekend will be like 200 million. And, you know, for being in the pandemic, that's still pretty impressive because, I mean, you still got a lot of people who are not yeah, wanting to go out to theaters yet to see things. So, yeah. But anyway, that was my movie-going experience, and I did buy this little, um, a little popcorn bucket when I was there. They had one that had him in like his black and gold, uh, out like inside-out outfit, and so I was like, "Ooh, I want that popcorn bucket for home." So I, I did buy that, you know, help support the concessions and and the employees because they had everybody there, and the theater looked like it was clean and everything. So like, you know, they still have their employees to take care of and. I know they don't get money off of ticket sales per se. They get their money off of really concession sales. So I wanted to help support the theater a little bit here, but uh, I bought some bought some overpriced popcorn. <laughs> yeah. Bucket. Yep. Um, but let's get into this. I did this. as well. Good. Good to hear. Um, so this movie is... Uh, I'll just... As far as the MCU status for me, I have not seen Eternals. But I've seen everything else now, uh, up to this point. So I was fully ready to go see this, except for Eternals. So if if something happened in Eternals that people are wondering, like, why didn't you mention this? I have no clue. It, I haven't seen Eternals yet. So have you seen Eternals? No, I'm in the same exact uh, boat as you. 
Okay. So I've seen Shang-Chi. Uh, I have uh, seen fully caught up to Hawkeye. And so to frame our discussion, that will – we might mention something that happens in Hawkeye or Shang-Chi. So if you have not yet seen those, um, just be, be wary. And we will have full spoilers. This is a very spoiler-heavy discussion and movie that we are about to discuss. So if you've not yet seen it and you don't want to be spoiled, then please pause this, go see it, then come back. Yeah, yeah. Um, but without further ado, um, before we get into this, I do want to mention on uh, Hawkeye how the episode that w- was released just before this movie came out, at the very end you see Vincent D'Onofrio yep. in, in Hawkeye. And I'm like, ooh, they're introducing Kingpin? This is amazing. I love it. And so one thing that I was always kind of kicking them around in the back of my head in Spider-Man after, you know, seeing the second one where uh, Mysterio reveals his identity is like, man, he's going to, he's going to need a lawyer. And I really hope they bring in Charlie Cox and I hope they bring in Matt Murdock and all this stuff. And I was like, when I saw Vincent D'Onofrio in in Hawkeye, I said, they're going to do it. They're going to do it. They have to do it. This is going to be amazing. So I do want to just kind of lead off with that. And say, you know, it started out just where basically the second movie ended. Like, literally, they reshot that, yeah. that ending scene. So, uh, what do you think about the way that they kicked this movie off? And the way that they... Basically, the end of 2 was the beginning of 3. Yeah. No, I think that was a perfect... It, it was really cool to see that. Usually, you know, a lot of these movies are... Well, for the Spider-Man franchise, like, from first to second, there was a ton of other MCU movies that Spider-Man had been in mm-hmm. to set up. But so since the second film, this is, he has not been in anything else. I don't, I don't believe. Um, Cause it would have been after Endgame and everything. So, right. Yeah. He's not um, been in any, any other movies yet that I'm aware of either. Yeah. So um, no, I thought it was awesome. And yeah, for like the Marvel fans who are consistently staying on top of all the Marvel shows on Disney plus, um, and have seen, you know, the the Netflix series of Marvel shows, like huge payoff there. Mm-hmm. I I did not have it in my head that I when I saw Vincent um, Defro, um, I knew I was like, all right, well, and it's the weird the way the way the news cycle works too, because there's been a lot even before he was in the Hawkeye show, uh, Kevin Feige mentioned in an interview like oh yeah charlie cox is our daredevil if he ever shows up in the mcu that's all he said Mm -hmm. and then like the next day the hawkeye episode comes out and it's like oh so is kingpin vincent's kingpin and it's just like it all snowballs into the movie and it's like what kind of what what kind of planning do they what kind of whiteboard do they have in the disney headquarters of like all right this episode is gonna be written here and it's gonna show this guy and like the amount of forethought is honestly really incredible a lot of planning definitely pays off big time for marvel fans Mm -hmm. so no i was soon as i saw him and another nice thing about going to the movies um especially like an opening week for a marvel film is um you know as soon as everyone saw him you know tons of clapping and you know, a little hollering and stuff, and um, what a great little intro to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and confirming it is our daredevil, he catches the brick, and 
they're not trying to do like an alter, alternate. Like it's definitely our, you know, Daredevil that we know. I mean, so, he, he's a really good lawyer, as he says. Yes, so. yes exactly. That's why he <laughs> catches bricks flown through the window. No, I thought that was a great start to the, the movie. Yeah. Um, and obviously the, the cast of characters all are in this. And um, with them pulling everything in, I mean, this is really a culmination or continuation of s- almost 20 years at this point uh, yeah. from 2002, I think, is when the the first Spider-Man movie was released, till now. And so you have 19 years of everything that's built up to this point, including the... I mean, they may not take the, the actual stories that's happened in the Netflix shows, but and including the Netflix shows now that have all culminated in this. And you think about, like, Endgame, right? That was the culmination of all the movies that had begun since 2008. And yeah. this is... They're doing the impossible, right? They they and they kick this movie off by showing Daredevil in here, and just like wetting that appetite and just jazzing the fans. And like you said, in my theater, people saw that and they started cheering too because it's like it's 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 Matt Murdock, it's Daredevil, it's Charlie Cox, yeah. And Charlie, I have to say, Charlie Cox is a fantastic Daredevil and Matt Murdock, and I think he's going to do fantastic if and when they they expand his role in the MCU. Yeah, I mean, of of the Netflix um, Marvel shows, Daredevil is by far, I think, the fan favorite, and it was my personal favorite out of all of them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if they're, you know, they might, I, 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 I think they're probably gonna cherry pick who they. I don't know if we'll see Luke Cage and and the other ones in the MCU. Um, there's just something about Charlie Cox's Daredevil and uh, Vincent Kingpin that were like absolutely incredible. And those are two really iconic characters that have to find their way into the MCU. Yeah. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio yeah. nailed the Kingpin. Like, his yeah. portrayal of Kingpin was spot on. Like, a, yeah. what yeah. I thought it should have been. Because we, yeah. we've also seen, like, you know, um, Michael Clark Duncan. He played Kingpin back in the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. And yeah. His Kingpin take is a little bit different. <laughs> didn't, quite, yeah. uh, didn't quite hit the mark for me personally. But Charlie Cox, or uh, Vincent D'Onofrio definitely did no, the only thing, the only thing, interesting thing I'll, you know, and this isn't even about the movie at this point, but like the interesting thing about um, them bringing those two characters in is uh, that was a very violent show, more mm-hmm. violent than any other MCU movie. Mm-hmm. Um, even I would, say, you know, Deadpool is um, going to be an MCU movie, the, you know, the next Deadpool, and it will also be violent, but it's like that's like cheeky violence, um, the kind of violence that was in Daredevil and, you know, the Kingpin especially was pretty gruesome. So I'll be curious, you know, if we still get that kind of violence out of, cause that's, you know, it's part of what made that show so great is his, and his portrayal of Kingpin is he was a scary dude. So, um, yeah, it'll be interesting for sure. You know, I uh, would be, I would not be opposed to them showing like a courtroom procedural drama with just Matt Murdoch. Oh yeah. For sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Even great, I well, love I mean, that. And that's not out of the cards when you think about what they did with WandaVision and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, Certainly, like it almost the same setup where you get a couple episodes of a courtroom drama and then it melds into a full scale Marvel, you know, superhero story. So, mm-hmm. yeah, what a what a great way to like just the first 10 minutes of the movie. Of, like, yeah. All, your, all these possibilities are popping through my head. Yeah. So our story progresses on. Um, obviously, everybody knows who he is. So everything is super awkward for for him, you know, going back to school and everything. Um 
And <laughs> that scene where he comes into school and you see uh, uh, the faculty members, like oh, yeah. the, the principal or, or yeah. whoever it was. And <laughs> that whole scene was just fantastic. I, I love oh, yeah. those actors. Those characters the, are great. The two professors. Uh, mm-hmm. and the, Yeah. All those those three actors together are hilarious. So, um, yeah, them and like Flash got really small mm-hmm. um, roles in the be- in the beginning of the movie, pretty much. And um, yeah, it really just shows that this it's really cool that Spider Man's got his own trilogy within the MCU, mm-hmm. and they they that trilogy or trilogy has its own little side characters mm-hmm. uh, and those professors and Flash and some other people. That I just really love, and that, that's always been the case with Spider-Man, right? He's got such a rich, you know, supporting cast, villains. They've yeah. always been like Spider-Man's cast of characters has always probably been the best out of the whole Marvel catalog. Yeah, because um, such variety and, and everything they had in there, and, and the friends that he made along the way uh, in the comic book series. But definitely they're carrying that over into, into the film series here. And we see, you know, obviously returning is Ned, his, his, his BFF, and his, his flame, the, the people that know who he is, um, and MJ. Is it, was it Michelle Jones Watson? Is that what her name is here? Michelle, I think Michelle so, Jones. yeah. Um, so we, we get to see them kind of go through this college admissions process, right? What do you think of, of this kind of being the catalyst for him to to try to figure out a way to undo everybody knowing who he is. I loved it because, uh, I mean, that's the thing that a lot of people like about Spider-Man is that he's a young adult. He's in high school. We've gotten to see him in high school. We get to see typical high school drama. Like, did I get into this college or that college? Are we all going to get in together? Um, and then you throw the whole superhero thing on top of it, of like, you know, there's this is why he's actually not getting into college, just because he's a superhero mm-hmm. and famous. So, um, I, I, yeah, I, Spider Man's thing is supposed to be like small stakes like that. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, he's the friendly neighborhood Spider Man. So, no, I loved it. Um, all their, you know, the chemistry between those three characters now is pretty much spot on. Um, especially a lot of the interaction between Ned and MJ. Uh, because in the first two movies, I felt like they were kind of separated a lot, mm-hmm. and now it's like, all right, it's a trio. Um, right. And you know, this right, and as mentioned later in the movie, you know, they're the Scooby Doo crew. So <laughs> right, yeah, and I thought it was also interesting too. They they brought in damage control again, which, um, to my recollection, has only been brought up once, and that was in Spider Man um, Homecoming. When damage yep. control came in at the beginning of that movie and took the operations from the vulture, yeah. So, the damage control again brought in here to to kind of interrogate them and you know so see what they know. They dropped the the line that Nick Fury has been off planet for the past year, and so he wasn't the one. That's kind of how Peter's going to be keyed in that that was not him that he was dealing with in uh, the previous movie. Um, and they kind of dropped it because he had Edith. Uh, he they dropped it that they had like cut the Stark network connection and everything. And so he no longer had either for like facial recognition or finding things. And um, mm-hmm. so they kind of, you know, depowered him, you know, for the beginning of the movie. Yep. Um, and so that takes him to, you know, try to figure out what he can do. And he goes straight to Dr. Strange. <laughs> so, you know, trying to think about how he can help his friends get through this. And they say, can you just, you know, help me figure out how to, you know, help people forget that I'm Spider-Man because everybody's, you know, affected by this. And then he's like, oh, wait, no, no, I want them to remember and Aunt May to remember. And 
you know, all this stuff. And then he just messes up the spell. And obviously we've seen this in the trailer. Then that opens up this, this big old multiverse thing, which if you've seen the Loki TV show, what you see as things kind of reality deteriorates is that um, multiverse nexus area that we saw introduced in Loki as well. What do you think about the introduction of Doctor Strange, how he got there, and then what we saw during that whole scene? Uh, I thought Doctor Strange fit really well into this movie, um, and they uh, Doctor Strange like the before he became the Sanctum Satorum, or like before he became um, the Sorcerer Supreme, like he was just kind of a jerk doctor. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he was not a loving, uh, you know, um, you know, man or whatever. So, um, it's kind of funny just to see him play off of like, he's legitimately annoyed by, um, Peter Parker in a lot of ways. Cause he's just a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but he also recognizes that he's a superhero that helped him save the whole universe. Mm-hmm. So, um, just cool. They play those roles perfectly. Um, I think it's kind of funny that like it's almost like Doctor Strange is because he's not the Sorcerer Supreme anymore. Mm-hmm. Like he's just kind of doing whatever he feels like yeah. and being a little you know haphazard and maybe you know he's like sure I'll help this kid out you know and um, they do mention like no 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 this is the spell that we've done a ton of times and that's why you don't remember this party you know don't you remember um, so mm-hmm. I. I feel like they downplay it enough that you're not like, why would he ever do this? Um, but his throughout the whole movie, him being part of this, like Doctor Strange being in it, it just fit perfectly. Um, it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I think it helps to have someone of Spider-Man's intellect, you know, playing with uh, Doctor Strange because um, he can understand all of this. Some of the things that he's doing, even though it's just like straight up magic. Mm hmm. Yeah, some of Spider-Man's intellect, we'll say, because uh, as as Doctor Strange finds out after the spell is kind of botched and he tries to contain it, you know, Peter didn't even ask to, like, call the admissions office yeah, or figure yeah. that stuff out. Because he's a kid. Mm-hmm. Cause, and we, that scene, that, that moment of realization that Benedict Cumberbatch plays when that happens is like, <laughs> you didn't even do this and you just came here to help me wipe the minds of people? <laughs> just like, yeah. Uh, I thought that was uh, uh, a really well-acted scene. So that leads us then, obviously, to um, where Peter tracks down the uh, admissions person or chancellor or somebody uh, yeah. for MIT because he wants to try to get, you know, plead the case for, for Ned and MJ to get in because, you know, they they shouldn't be excluded just because they know him, right? And so he tracks her down, and then we get the introduction of Dakak. Yep. I like I knew this scene was coming because this was in the trailer, which again, I wish I could have trailers like stricken from my memory. Yeah, for <laughs> but... sure. It's hard it's hard and you can't really even ignore trailers at this point because you'll just you'll see a clip of it. It was it sucks that majority of the people in this movie were shown already mm-hmm. um in the trailers. And the people that weren't shown it was a given because of what was shown in the trailers. Mm-hmm. So yes, like that particular scene, like the introduction of Doc Ock was just shown in a, like a 30 second clip. Like we, I literally saw that exact moment. Um, of course it was slightly different in the movie, but um, 
I mean, yeah, it's still Doc Ock. I think, I think for a lot of people, it's a toss up with the Tobey Maguire movie. Like, what's who's their favorite villain? You know, versus Green Goblin or Doc Ock. Like, those were two, Spider Man One and Spider Man Two, iconic. Mm-hmm. Um, so great to see him. Um, and um, I really like they ca- they make a lot of callbacks to this search for technology, massive technology and energy that he's searching for in his universe, Doc Ock. I mean, and then it, like he's here in the MCU where like Stark technology is just around and it's mm-hmm. just a thing and it's so much more advanced. And he like just in- instantly tries adapting to it by taking over the nanobots mm-hmm. and pretending that he even knows what that is, which wouldn't make, doesn't make sense because I don't think those would exist in his universe, but he's a very smart man. He's probably heard of yes. him. Yes. Yeah. Um, so cool to see him play. And then that whole fight scene was just cool. And like, uh, Peter taking over the arms, everything about mm-hmm. it was really awesome. Um, and this goes for almost all of the fight scenes with all of these older villains. They seem way more probably because of the more better CGI we have nowadays. Um, they're just more, way more brutal and like a little bit cooler looking like his arms looked 40 feet long in this film. And I felt like in his, in the Spider-Man two, they just weren't like that. Um, and here it's like, it, it really looks menacing having the eight arms and them just like popping up through underneath the bridge and destroying cars. Um, it was super cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. I think that they, they utilized, you know, the, the highway and the cars and throwing them around. It was done pretty well. And I like that he, Spider-Man had his, uh, the arms that came out of his spider suit. Oh yeah. And, He's, yeah. and then we had like uh, doc. I was like, Oh, we got some competition. Yep. <laughs> I thought that worked out Which, pretty well. Like clearly inspired by kind of doc, Ock, like designed to like, um, really cool. Mm-hmm. So we, we get that fight there, that battle. And then, you know, Peter kind of like Bluetooth almost takes over the, uh, the arms that doc I Ock did had. think that was pretty hilarious. Like, uh, I've detected a new device, uh-huh. like an iPhone or something. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we were able to see then, like, I I, I thought, were they just going to, like, throw them all at us now? Because then we had uh, um, Green Goblin start to fly in with his little bombs. And, yep. you know, I was like, are we just going to go straight into Goblin? But no, we, we get taken uh, back to the Sanctum Sanctorum, and we are introduced again to... Uh, you know what's what's happening here. The lizard is is already there and caught in in the the cages. They yeah. put Doc Gock in there, and he's trying to he's trying to explain what's different, right? Because that's not his Peter. And they have that whole whole scene there. It's like, is this? Do you know Peter Parker? Is this him? No. And, you know, just trying to set up the whole um, payoff that we get later on. Multiverse, yeah. Right. What did you think of you know our introduction here to the lizard? Um, did, did you remember the lizard from, from the amazing Spider-Man movie? Oh yeah. Yep. For sure. I remembered him. Um, and the, I, I was, I think I was excited as soon as this transition happened back to, um, Dr. Strange because I had seen that, you know, that, that particular scene on the bridge was in the trailers, like we said. So like going forward in this movie, I was like, I didn't really know where the movie was going mm-hmm. forward. Um, so I wasn't really expecting the whole, we're going to capture him in this prison and then send him back thing. I didn't know how that was all going to play out. Mm-hmm. Um, 
yeah, I, yeah. So, you know, they, they do all that there and, um, creating their game plan as the Scooby-Doo crew, you know, as Dr. Strange puts it, um, just really cool to kind of set up the way the rest of the movie is going to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they are tasked with, you know, finding all these multiverse beings that have kind of come through um, because they need to go back to their respective universes so he can kind of cancel out everything that's happened here. And when they do so, you know, they're they're going to... these They're probably going to die. You know, like, the lizard didn't die, I don't believe, in his movie. And Doc Ock did... Norman did, Electro did, but yeah, I think Sandman did, also did not. So I was kind of curious about not, why though. they did not die, or why I they think were because he was forgiven. I think kind of um, during Spider-Man Three, so I think that's why he's actually friendly with Spider-Man right. um, at first, because mm-hmm. um, he had kind of already they were to kind of butted heads and figure their stuff out. So I yeah. think he also knew that he was just a kid, um, so he just you know had a soft spot for him. Mm-hmm. So we get uh, Spider-Man looking for the Green Goblin, thinking that he's you know finding going to go find him, and he's going towards like an airbase or something like that. It was, yeah. and on the way he actually uh, encounters Electro and Sandman. So Sandman kind of helps save him from some electric shocks and helps him take down Electro. And so we don't really know what's going on with Sandman here, right? He's kind of he just wants to get back home to his daughter. That's really yeah. all he cares about. And so he's not really for or against Spider-Man. He just wants to get home. Um, but he fights Electro. We we see him come through. A little bit different interpretation of the Max character um, versus what we saw in Spider-Man 2. So in Spider-Man 2, he was like he had a wacky comb over and um, kind of gangly and just kind of like a... A weird character and in this one when he's in his you know physical form he's like jamie fox as we know him so he's, yeah he's just like straight up jamie fox swagger all that yeah. yeah like completely different demeanor and everything so i'm like okay that's, that's, that's kind of interesting funny. yeah so that, I, that was cool. I mean i the thing is though is like the amazing spider-man 2 um a lot of people laughed at him uh the rhino character mm-hmm. that whole film basically so like but Jamie Foxx is a great actor, not uh, so is Paul, Paul Giamatti, but they probably thought, all right, Electro is one of the like cooler Spider-Man villains. We gotta bring him into this, but we're not gonna do what they did with Amazing Spider-Man. So we're not gonna, we're gonna. He offhandedly says, uh, "My body's changed, or I got my body back, or mm-hmm. something like that." So he's not blue, um, and he's just obsessed with power. So I had not seen, you know, like I said, I hadn't seen that movie i knew enough about who he was and that's all i needed i was like all right i got it here's two more villains uh you know he sends them back um and we kind of go from there i thought it was kind of funny when sandman and electro were talking i was like what happened to you it's like i fell into a a vat of eels and he's like i fell into a super collider and then one dude was like gotta be careful where you fall (laughs) yeah (laughs) like just pointing out how silly some of these origins are Mm mm-hmm um, so we, obviously he's, he's caught They're They're both sent to their cells. And then, uh, we get the call from Aunt May that the, one of the guys that they're looking for was there with her. And so yeah. he thought it was all like, you know, a dangerous situation. Dangerous. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and I should mention, 
Um, something happened to Peter's suit where he got like paint thrown on it. Yeah. And so he just turned his suit inside out and it gives that black and gold look, which I thought like, yeah. that suit was pretty cool, by the way. And so that's what he's wearing at this point. Um, runs over to Feast to, to go find out what's happening with Ant Man. We see uh, Norman Osborn there, kind of like his his delusional self after he has. When, in the first Spider Man movie, after he takes the serum, he like really. It's like a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde type situation yeah. that he has. And so you can see that kind of continue carrying out here. Willem Dafoe is such a great actor. I mean, oh yeah, he like just eats up every scene that he's in in this movie. Yeah. Um, and I didn't know how he would. Yeah, some of these actors, I thought maybe they were just kind of phoning it in. Um, like, yep, here's my opportunity to get, get a, you know, a big fat pay stub and mm-hmm. be in the MCU. But no, like he goes for it. He treats the character with respect and. Um, I mean, he outacts himself. Mm-hmm. He he does a better, uh, in my opinion, and it could just be the you know the direction of the movie. But um, he's truly, uh, I, I mean, as the movie progresses, we find out that he's truly a menacing character. Mm-hmm. He's um, definitely committed. Yep. And uh, but at that point, when we first do see him, yeah, he's very much just, you know, he's. Uh, when his the Norman Osborn character is in control, he's weak, fragile, confused. Um, he's probably losing time because when he's Green Goblin, he doesn't really know what's going on. Um, and it's a very cool um, side of him to see. Mm-hmm. And it does set up why Spider-Man does what he does for the rest of the movie. With This is at the point when his Aunt May and his friends, they basically decide that they should be helping these villains because they all have ailments or they all got themselves into a bad situation that they just want to get back out of. Right. Yeah, so this is when they they figure that out. And, you know, if they send them back, they're all just going to die or either continue on being miserable in their universes, right? Yeah. So uh, they decide that they're going to try to help and... And that does not sit well with Doctor Strange, and so we get a, a battle in the mirror dimension between Doctor Strange and uh, Spider-Man, where Peter figures out that it's basically just geometry, and he's good at geometry. And so he figures out a way to, to web Doctor Strange and hang him above the Grand Canyon for eight hours while this movie continues to progress. Um, so I thought that was a, a pretty cool, like, that was one of the things in the Doctor Strange movie was was the mirror dimension. I thought that was pretty cool. The whole Inception like thing that they did. Oh, it they just did looks all cool. that here. Yeah, I don't even have to understand any of it. It, it, it. It's magic. It doesn't have to make any sense. But like, it's just really cool looking. The same way Inception was. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was cool for like Peter to be like, oh, I can figure this out. Like this isn't even like I can take all this magic stuff out of here and just treat this like geometry mm-hmm. um, and outsmart Doctor Strange. Yeah. So I thought it was pretty cool, a little battle between them. Um, kind of harkens back to Civil War, where you have heroes fighting each other, but yeah. um, not really like intending to, to hurt one another. They just need to complete their, their task and you know do it, ask questions later type scenario. And then, um, so earlier in the movie, when they introduced Doc Ock again, he says you know, his line that he's known from, from Spider-Man 2, which is, you know, the power of the sum of the palm of my hand. Oh, yeah. And then Norman Osborn, when, when they decide that they're going to try to fix them and you know try to figure out what's wrong with them or, or create science solutions to those issues he says 
you know, I'm something of a scientist myself. And oh, our, yeah. our theater erupted. Yep. With, Same with here. That. Yeah, that was a great moment. Um, yeah, that, that I think that was probably the second loudest, like, clapping, visible, like, like audible, um, ga- you know, from the whole audience. It was very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, that kicks off again into our our scene here about trying to fix them, getting them out. They go to Happy's apartment, um, yep. which is the secure location that they're all at. Um, and they begin to try to figure them out and fix them in various ways. Uh, first off, they fix Doc Ock's inhibitor chip, and Doc Ock is back. He's he's a good guy again. He's regained his, his cognitive functions. He's not, you know, controlled by the arms anymore. The voices are silent, and so he's in full control. So that was nice to see him, you know, cured, and then everybody else kind of has a hopeful face, I guess you could say. And then we get... The, I think this is like the first real like spider sense moment we've had in the MCU, right? Where he just like you kind of get this focus on him, and everything kind of goes quiet, and everything he's he's not sure what's happening, but he knows something is wrong. He's trying to figure out the Peter Tingle, you know, try to figure out what's happening there. And obviously, Norman is taken over at that point by the Goblin again, um, and so. Our our big old fight starts right where yeah where we have everything or it's kind of coming together where Peter could fix these folks, but Goblin doesn't want to go. I mean he's taken yeah. over again. He's he's not going to let this happen, and that just kind of starts the the ball rolling for everything just to kind of unravel here. Um, Electro was almost powered down, um, yeah. but as soon as this is kind of done. He, I can't remember if he rips it off or if someone he, else does. He does, yeah. He, he. I think he realized, like, you know, kind of like screw this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna fight because he was already unsure about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and he gets the arc reactor. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, what did you think? Uh, I mean, this this is kind of a, one of the longer fight sequences in the whole movie. Um, what did you think about this whole fight scene with really with Green Goblin versus Spider Man? So, I mean, definitely this fight and this portrayal of Green Goblin is more visceral and more in line with what I would expect Green Goblin than what we saw in the whole of Spider-Man 1, right? Yeah. And really just, again, well acted by Willem Dafoe, the way that he's he's portraying this character. And then just the whole fight between them is is definitely, like, really well done. Uh, they're they're falling through levels of floors. Yeah, and he's. I just... thought that was. There's a lot of like wrestling moves, almost like mm-hmm. just throwing each other through floors or walls of of buildings and flipping over each other. Um, definitely like the toughest we've ever seen the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and... he is a super soldier. Like he he is on the same level really as like a yeah. Captain America. This movie definitely made like reminded me of that. Like oh yeah, he is superhuman. Like it's not just the the glider because mm-hmm. um, in the first movie you could definitely be tricked into thinking like it's really just the armor suit and the glider but like it's not that he's he's a super yeah super soldier so um and then there was something else um when he's they're fighting in one of the hallways and he's just laughing like mm-hmm. ma- maniacally um very reminiscent of like the joker Mm-hmm. Um, and the same reason the Joker is such a scary villain or iconic villain. 
Um, so like, yeah, William Defoe just like, as I was watching that, I was like, man, I forget that this guy can like really act. Mm-hmm. And like, he didn't, he didn't phone it in at all. This is that made that whole scene for me, how yeah. much he was just laughing in his face. Um, and he kind of continues that through the uh, other scenes of the movie. Yeah, he's definitely the main villain of this film, obviously, as we'll find yeah. out here shortly. Um, and so as as our fight culminates, you know, we, we kind of get down to to the end here where, you know, they're at the ground level. They're trying to get out of there, him and May. And then Green Goblin shows up again with the glider and, you know, hits the glider through a green. The glider flies, hits Aunt May. And then, like, we, she seems like she's okay. Obviously, kind of winded a little bit there. But then, you know, she's she's bleeding. She's yeah. been really hit pretty hard by this thing. And we get our, with great power comes great responsibility moment yeah. from Aunt May. Were you were you expecting that at all? As as the scene was unfolding, I was like, she's going to say it. Yeah, I, I, it blindsided me because I, I had never, the thought had never occurred to me that in the MCU universe, she is his Uncle Ben because we don't know, I don't even know if there ever was Uncle Ben in his universe. Um, he mentions it offhand once, but we've okay. never seen Uncle Ben. Um, so like he's, uh, you know, just it's not part of his origin story that he, Uncle Ben dies. It's Aunt May dies in this version of his story and. Um, yeah, that uh so I am I'm uh I I'm a movie crier, you know, for the most part. Uh I I tend to let uh, my emotions get the hold of me when I'm watching um movies, typically not with MCU movies yeah. or Marvel movies. Um but this one was close. This one was close where I was like, oh, this is and Tom Holland's really going for it. Um this is a pretty sad scene. Uh, and um you know, yeah, this is the first hint at, like, this is Spider-Man's true origin story now. Mm-hmm. Um, but the impact is so much greater because we've already seen Aunt May for two other films. Um, you know, when Uncle Ben dies in the very first Spider-Man, you've seen him for, like, ten minutes on screen. Right. You get the idea. You know he's a great uh, father figure. But it just doesn't, you know, it's part of the origin story. Here, I was like, oh, no, I, I like uh, Marissa Tomei's aunt may you know mm-hmm. and this is sad um and you throw in on top of it that happy is also like a love interest mm-hmm. of hers so now you have got two characters that you love spider-man and happy being upset by aunt may they just it perfectly written scene you know and um but very very sad yeah yeah i mean i was not expecting them to kill her off in this movie to be honest like yeah like i, I assume that you know, she got hit, she got hurt, okay, he's going to be more careful. But, I mean, this is really the kind of, like, the, the point that Peter really understands. Like, if the people that are close to him are going to get hurt, are bound yeah. to get hurt. And then he yep. kind of has this realization on his own. You know, I think someone mentioned it before in a different movie, you know, to keep the mask on. Maybe it was Tony or something like that because he helps to protect those around him. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, because we've had her in these other movies and, like, the scenes that she shared with, like, Tony and Happy and, you know, all the different characters, she was just so likable, right? And she was played really well, and it, it, 
it it definitely hits as far as you know an impactful death in the MCU. It wasn't just like uh, someone that you were on scene with for just a couple minutes and then they're dead. But th- but this one actually carried some weight to it. Yeah, and the MCU doesn't typically kill off that many characters, that many bigger characters. Mm-hmm. Um, even if it is part of their origin or whatever, there's just not a lot. You know, um, some of the other ones have been even bigger impact, but. Yeah, very yeah. impactful, um, and uh, yeah. So this whole time, Mary Jane or MJ, <laughs> MJ, sorry, had mm-hmm. the uh, the the box that could end it all, right? The that could basically uh, send uh, the multiverse villains back to their worlds and and to their dooms, most likely. But um, she hasn't pressed it. They they see on the news that something's happened and they aren't really sure what's going on. And so, when when Peter trapped uh, Stephen in the the mirror dimension, he got his little ring, I guess. Yeah. And so Ned ends up with that little ring, and he's like, "I really wish we could see Peter right now." And he just like st- starts to string his hand. He sees, you know, that he creates a little portal there, and they he starts to figure it out. And he's like, "Oh, I can open this portal. Show me Peter." And then he opens the portal. Peter's there, steps through, but it's not Tom Holland's Peter. We yeah, Andrew Garfield. Yep, coming in. The crowd obviously erupts with with joy that they see, you know, what we all anticipated would happen in the movie. We we get yeah a, another Spider Man introduced here. Right, and we it's just, one we just that didn't we know how, seen. right? Yeah, and it was just, yeah. We it, didn't know how it would happen, but this makes perfect sense. I mean, they were pulled into this dimension. Uh, along with the other ones, um, and uh, they were looking for Peter, and and you know they've kind of are finding him in here in the roundabout way, and so we get him introduced. You know, Mary or MJ is like, prove it that you're Spider-Man. He's like holding on to the thing, and then uh, the grandma comes in and she's like you know, cleaning the cobwebs and stuff. And a very very good scene. Uh, what did you think of the introduction of Mister Andrew Garfield Spider-Man into our MCU? I thought it was absolutely perfect. Um, yeah, it's just, it's great to, I guess it was kind of cool to have the side characters meet these new Spider-Man first. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe to avoid, um, you know, because then when they show up, when we, when we do all get the, get them together later on, it's more impactful. Here we get like a slow introduction to Andrew Garfield. Um, and it's, Again, with like with the the humor in this movie, uh, and I think this is why this is. I Endgame's probably my favorite MCU movie, but this is probably second, maybe first. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to say. It, it's, uh, yeah, but the humor is just like very solid through the entire movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can like this is a huge serious moment for me as a Marvel fan and a Spider Man fan. And it's just hilarious, and with the, having the grandma there and Ned and um, MJ throwing bread at him, <laughs> absolutely hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, and which, of course, leads us to um, getting the introduction of um, our other Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Our um, probably you and I is you know like more like still. Even, I like Tom Holland, but like when I think of Spider-Man, I I always think of Tobey Maguire because like that's just what I grew up with, mm-hmm. and like the first like really cool um you know cinematic um representation of him mm-hmm. um so like 
and and he is he, Toby Maguire is older and like so it's clear you're seeing an older Spider-Man, mm-hmm. uh, which is also a really cool idea um, to see him just kind of like casually stroll through too and like both of them are like oh there's a portal I guess I'll walk through it mm-hmm. and go see these two kids. Um, I like and, how he's uh, just kind of dressed casually yes, too versus yes. you know Andrew was in his Spider-Man outfit. Yeah. Um, yeah, you you wonder like why, and then they both, even though they both kind of say like, well, we're we're trying to be anonymous, mm-hmm. you know. Um, they both kind of have the same ideas and you know responses to some of the things, and including you know we find out later Tom would say a similar situation too. Yeah, exactly. Um, I I both of their introductions was awesome. Yeah, obviously huge applause. Toby got the bigger applause. I mean, oh, yeah, everybody sure. like yelled and erupted and everything during that part. Like, I, yeah. I don't even hear. I don't know what Peter first said when he port, came to the portal because it was just so loud with cheering. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Same here. I, I, yeah. It was just like, and I was, I was legitimately just like happy. I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is what. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're doing it right, and it, it was clear right away that it wasn't going to just be like some cameo or anything like that. It's like, no, they're coming into this film mm-hmm. and they're just going to be a part of it and they're going to act like their own individual selves, but they're all Spider-Man. I was, when I saw Toby on screen again, I was like reminded of like 2002 Nathan in the movie theater and just like, I was like, I can't believe they've done this. Yeah. Like they've, they've pulled in S- Spider-Man from, back then and from you know not too long ago and our new one and just all in the same movie here's like how, i never even thought that this would be possible for them to do oh, this yeah. you know before this happened and yep and here we are sitting in a movie theater seeing this on screen on how this is folding out and i'm like i'm just giddy <laughs> i'm absolutely that's, loving it that's kind of yeah that was kind of my my reaction as well but it's it's so good we they're you know they web each other at some point at one point i think yep um uh and so you know they obviously are now meeting for the first time and so now they're like well what is where would peter be is there a place that he would go to be alone just to like chill out you know get away from everything yeah you know toby said that his place was on top of the chrysler building uh and for andrew it was on top of the empire state um and so then you know we earlier we had a scene where it was just mj and him at the on on the roof of their high school, and so that's where they go, and that's where he is. And they say we brought some friends, and he is he sees the other two Spider Men, and we, yeah. we we see the the three Spider Men on on the screen, and you know, Peter, Tom, we have to call him Tom, is still yeah. dealing with you know you know his aunt just died, the only person that you know he's got as far as family aside from his friends. And the only people that can really honestly relate to what he's going through are, are the other two Peters that are there. Yeah. You know, and they say, the last thing she said to me was with great power. And then, you know, Toby finishes it, comes great responsibility. I was like, how did you know that? And it's like, that's what my Uncle Ben said when he died. And then, you know, um, Andrew says the same thing. And we we really kind of see how they're kind of coming to terms with with they are them but in a different way and yeah. it just the scene folds out in a way that it's just perfect you know yeah 
What do you think of the scene? Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I feel exactly the same. Um, it was just awesome to see them all together like that. Um, you really can tell that Toby is acting like the the senior Spider-Man, mm-hmm. um, who's been more experienced um, and dealt with some of these things. Um, even though they, you know, we find out, you know, they they all have, they all have the same origin ideas. Um, you know, and this, uh, like pathos that, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. It's just inevitable for them as a character, um, or a person. So no, I absolutely loved it. I thought everything about it was cool. It was like, and it, it within the own movie and the MCU in general, it made sense. So, you know, it's, there's a reason, you know, uh, Tom Holland's Peter Parker didn't freak out. He'd already been dealing with multiverse stuff in the, within this movie, and we've seen it in other MCU things. So it just worked out. It mm-hmm. was awesome. Yeah. And so I think Peter, or I shouldn't say Peter, Tom, you know, he's like at one point just going to grab that little box and end it and send them all back home. But I think Toby then says something about, that's not what we do. Like, yeah, we we, we try to help. Like We're, 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 we're trying to, to do the right thing. Um, because we have that responsibility, right? So then they, they decide that they're going to go back and try to work things out. And then we get kind of some more like Peter banter, which is fantastic. We, they talk about the webs, the webbing and like, like, what is that that you have? There's a little web cartridge. (laughs) So this, uh, this part of the movie, I felt like this whole, this whole scene almost was very much like, all right, we're going to take all of the internet memes Mm -hmm. and jokes that have been made about the other two Spider-Man films and roll it into this movie. It was like very definitely very self referential and like it you know, it's like those are all jokes that the internet has made over the years. Um and like if he shoots it out of his arms, where else does he shoot webbing and like very hilarious. Mm-hmm. That that whole scene is hilarious. I love it. I love that they put together a plan, they're all working together. Um hilarious scene with Ned when he asks uh, Andrew Andrews, um, Spider-Man, like, did you have a friend? Or no, yes, Toby's friend. You know, did you have a sidekick? And he's like, our best friend. And he's like, yeah. Um, but then you know, um, he died um, after he tried to kill me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like, and you know, so he's acting really weird around um, Tom Holland's uh, Spider-Man. So absolutely hilarious and like. Working together, but bickering a little bit. Yeah, that, like, this is what made this movie. Mm-hmm. It's like th- seeing all three Spider-Mans together like that. All of them answering when, when Ned calls to Peter and yeah. having a little scene. And... Again, with the, the the humor in this movie is just, like, mm-hmm. for as big as the stakes are within the movie, like, it's just so good. Yeah. Uh, it's, 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 I, again, can't believe they they've done it. And it works so well. Um, so that they, they're figuring out how to cure the folks. They're, you know, figuring out on what to, um, you know, who's going to cure who. And, and I think Andrew's like, oh, I'll cure Doc Connors. I've done it once before already. Or like trying to start the stuff or something like that. Um, and uh, we, we get put to our final location, uh, you know, where our big final battle is going to take place, uh, which they mentioned this earlier. Um, about putting 
the Captain America shield on the Statue of Liberty, and I was like, it was just kind of like an offhand remark I thought it was at the beginning. But nope, they're actually, you know, putting a That's Cap what's shield yeah. on the Statue of Liberty. And so uh, that is where they've, they've chosen for the final battle. And they Peter calls in to J. Donor Jameson's, which, again, I, I love his portrayal here with, um, what's his name? I can't remember the actor that plays J.J. Jameson, but he's basically born for this J.K. role. J.K. Simmons. Yeah, J.K. Simmons. He's He was born for this role in the 2002 movies, and you know he's continues to be fantastic in his portrayal well, here. Well, yeah, um, and I think it's funny in these movies, in the Homecoming trilogy, he's almost like a Alex Jones kind of like conspiracy theorist mm-hmm. um, reporter, um, like the Daily Bugle is. Um, and they kind of further that because there's like a scene where before, I think it's before they announce Peter Parker's identity or something, like they show him and it looks like he's got a fancy setup, but then he's like in a closet mm-hmm. with like brooms around him and stuff. But then obviously throughout the movie, he's in like an actual studio and stuff. And um, yeah, he's always crushed that that role. Yeah, for sure. Um, so we we have our battle here that happens, which one thing, one oddity, I'll say was the Andrew Garfield and the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man outfits were not the outfits from their movies that I remember. So I felt like the differences were very subtle and not, yeah, I I don't think they were the same. Um, Like uh, Tobey's should have had a much more like raised webbing um and like almost like metallic webbing or something on his suit um the only difference is really i thought thought were like the actual spider in each of their suits mm-hmm. um like andrews is got like the, almost like the black widow looking like really long legs um I don't, it, it definitely was off at one point they were both standing right next to each other it was clear they were wearing like basically the same suit mm-hmm. um and that's just not how i remember them um I did think that was odd, but then it also kind of plays into like they're like who's who and who's which Spider Man's which Spider what who which Peter what you right. know and that's why they take their masks off so much yeah <laughs> so exactly who's who. yeah but um, then uh, you know Tom Holland obviously has his like gold um, the nanobots kind of gold the uh, spider or whatever yep. it was on he on he stands team. out yep. yeah um, what do you think of the final battle? I mean, it was just is it's basically you know what you would expect for a climactic scene. There's no garbage in the sky, at least that was always good. But what do you think about this battle? I yeah, I I liked it. It was a lot of it was kind of repeats of their, you know, we've fought in Sandman and we fought and we've we've seen all these characters. They've all beaten them individually. Mm-hmm. Um, it was cool to see them all um, being attacked at once, um, or at least multiple villains at one time. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. They the thing one thing about like Spider-Man's combat scenes um in any of these movies is like they they're not they're fast moving but they're not too fast and you can see all of the action um and I just yeah, I really enjoyed it. Yeah. We get our money shot scene here with uh the three Spider-Man swing in and kind of yep. landing with, with that. After they that. Like, kind of make the plan to actually work together now because mm-hmm. they are starting to get defeated in the beginning. Um, no, very cool. And they all have their own like little landing. Uh-huh. Um, and again, you know, MJ and Ned are there with their comedic relief. Um, 
not being able to get the portal closed and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I liked the whole thing. Um, but you're obviously like while watching that and they start to win and, and, um, save some of these villains, you're waiting for when, um, the green goblin's going to come back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause he doesn't show up right away. He's the, one of the last ones or the last one that kind of comes. Um, and obviously, as you mentioned, Ned and MJ, they're kind of running around and trying to, you know, get through portals and open and close portals. And they eventually open up one to let back Dr. Strange into, <laughs> into this dimension. And yeah, he, uh, you know, is kind of seeing what's happening here and that Peter is, is, you know, close to fixing this in a way. Um, but then, you know, the Green Goblin does come and he actually blows up that little box that, you know, that is containing the the bad spell, which is always kind of weird, right? It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. But uh, he blows it up and lets it go. And then the, the multiverse rifts start to, to open up there. And we see, like, you know, different figures in the sky start to come through. Um, actually, before this happened is when, I think, when... Peter has an opportunity to kind of like beat um, Green Goblin, right? No. No, that happens pretty much at the near the end of the film. Okay. Um, no, he's already there's. Toby was on the ground looking up and said something at that point. I was like, Are "Those people in the sky." Yeah, I think um, Doctor Strange is kind of just trying to deal with that situation himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think there was. I don't remember that ever being a really conversation with. Um, it's not until towards the end that he he swings up and says, what can I do to help? Um, I think he already kind of had that riff, the final battle with the Green Goblin. Um, right. He's very much... Um, but we do get that scene of MJ falls off and um, Tom mm-hmm. Holland tries to catch her, gets the Green Goblin, grabs him. So then Andrew Garfield gets the opportunity to um, save her. Mm-hmm. Um, and I... That, that I believe that's what that's exactly what, how he lost Gwen in his mm-hmm. universe was that she fell and he wasn't able to get to her. Right. Um, he, that was I think they got a couple like gasps or something in the the audience because I know um, they played that really well where like he was obviously shaken and um, was able to save you know another Spider Man's um, uh, you know love interest. So no. Um, but really, we we get to that final battle with the Green Goblin again, and again, it's the same really rough, almost pro wrestling mm-hmm. looking fight style between them. Just, um, but we, even though Peter know uh, Tom Holland's Peter knows he shouldn't be killing, doesn't shouldn't want to kill someone. We obviously see that he's prepared to kill the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. And this was you know foreshadowed or alluded to earlier when. You know, Toby talks about how he wanted nothing more than to get vengeance on the guy that, you know, shot his Uncle Ben. You know, he, and he tracked him down, but it didn't make him feel any better. And, you know, you need to be careful about the darkness and the rage because, you know, then Andrew starts to talk about that too and how that would affect him. And so, you know, he's he's beating the Green Goblin here and he's um, picks up the glider and, you know, is about ready to try to, like, you know, smash him. But Toby Maguire gets in the way. He's just, he. This is a similar thing that he does in one of their movies. Like that move is very similar to what he does in another movie, and I can't remember exactly the situation that it was, but it reminded me of it. And just like the way he was standing, the way he was looking. Um, but anyway, um, but he stops him and he's like, "This is not what we what we do," or something like that, right? Yeah. And then so he 
he then gets stabbed by the by Green, Green Goblin. Goblin. Yeah. Which, you know, we're like, oh, man, they're going to kill off Toby? That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah sure. I, I, th- I thought for sure they were going to kill off Toby here. But then, like, no, I've been stabbed before. I'm fine. I'm like, okay, yeah. so I guess in the MCU, if someone stabs, because Thanos stabs Tony, you know, in Infinity War, and he's fine. But yeah. I guess if somebody gets stabbed in, in this uh, MCU, they're okay. They're, they're superheroes. They could just heal it off, I guess, or walk it off. So. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I thought the whole scene was, uh, is good. And, um, I am glad they didn't, you know, bring Tobey Maguire's Spider-Man back just to kill him off mm-hmm. in the end. So, um, and then, and then they cure the Green Goblin of his madness, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, again, really well acted by William Defoe, and, um, yeah, that, that, you know, that kind of culminates the majority of, you know, the bulk of the movie. Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I, I loved every second of it up to that point. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, uh, really incredible to see these iconic villains come back. Yeah. It was all really well, you know, executed, almost bossy. Like it was, it was really yeah. good. So then we get to the point where, you know, there's all these, you know, multiverses and he, Dr. Strange is trying to close things. He can't really keep up with it. He doesn't know what to do. And he's like, well, if they're coming for me, you know, just make everybody forget me again. Yeah. And like everybody. So that includes Dr. Strange and any of the Avengers and any of his friends and anybody. So, um, and by the way, two people that I saw in that multiverse thing looked like, at least I was like Craven the Hunter and Scorpion are two that I saw. Did you catch any in that little rift? No, I you know I obviously knew that they were trying to show something, but I wasn't paying good enough attention to that part of the screen to like realize that they were actually showing villains, um, potential villains. So, um, which uh, it's interesting. I've heard other people say that same thing that that's what they think they saw. They have not been in the MCU yet, and mm-hmm. very very easily could be in the next. Um, what we know now will be another Tom Holland Spider-Man trilogy, um, or at least he'll be in three other films. We're probably going to see them. And I think there's been rumors of Craven for a long time. Yeah. Um, and with Morbius coming up, I, there's a very, very good chance that we're going to see Craven, um, at least hinted in that movie. Yeah, definitely. Cause Craven's, he, he ties into those universes both pretty well. Yeah. Um, so we we see those people start to kind of like poke through, but then you know Doctor Strange does the the spell to forget, and everybody, including Ned, Mary Jane, uh, and Happy, all forget who Peter is. They they don't forget Spider Man. Spider Man exists, and they know who that Spider Man is there, but nobody knows who Spider Man is anymore. And we see, um, you know, he says that he's going to track them down to to MJ and to Ned. Um, and he does. He tracks them down to the, the diner that, that MJ works at. Uh, they have both been accepted into MIT. Um, you know, they, they call themselves engineers uh, because that, I guess that's what they call MIT folks there. And, you know, we get the scene where he, he's going to start to try to say something, but he realizes that part of probably the bigger sacrifice and, and everything would really be to not let them know and to, to keep them separate, to, to bear the burden himself. So that way he doesn't have the, you know, people that are around him getting hurt again, like he had before. So really, you know, 
growth in the character of Peter Parker and, and Spider-Man there uh, in, in not doing that. What do, you, what do you think about that choice? Uh, I thought, yeah, I wasn't... Um, it was definitely, like, foreshadowed a little bit, you know, by him throughout the movie realizing that it's not good to be no, you know, be associated with Spider-Man or Peter Parker. So, um, I, uh, I thought it was really awesome. And that's, that really cemented the whole, um, this is his origin. You know, he, after he makes that decision, he finds a crappy New York apartment and he's going to start doing his day-to-day neighborhood Spider-Man thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's just going to be alone cause that's, that's the path that he chose. So, mm-hmm. um, I, Absolutely, yeah. It's it, a good end to a great movie, um, and definitely sets up basically whatever they want with Spider Man going yeah. forward. Basically, um, like a fresh, fresh slate in yep, in some ways. Yep. Um, and I'm sure you know, for movie making purposes, it, you know, it lets them cut ties with Zendaya and this net um, actor um, in case you know they want to do a different route going forward. Um, Really, they could have movies, Spider-Man movies now that are just, he doesn't have to be attached to the Avengers anymore. Mm-hmm. He can just be Spider-Man against one villain, and that's kind of it, um, if, if they wanted to do that. So, just gives them a clean slate to work with with him, um, and I thought it was really awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Well, so we do now get to our closing scene with not even a closing scene but you know with happy and him at the the grave site for may it was a nice little scene there and then you know peter's sewing his suit and he made some alterations and now it definitely has like a more of like a shimmering blue and red uh, yeah to his suit so it's i i think it kind of getting closer and closer to that iconic uh spider-man suit that we kind of know of but we get our mid-credit scene which is actually tied into uh, Venom 2. So I hadn't seen Venom 2 before this movie. Neither um, have I. I did I watch it tonight. One. Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah, so I did, I did watch it tonight, you know, in, in advance of this. And uh, so... I know there's there's a post-credit scene in Venom 2, correct? Yeah, so in Venom 2, there's, there's a mid-credit scene that uh, is similar to this one where, you know, he's like pulled into the, our, to the MCU dimension. Okay. Uh, and and on this on the TV you see J. Jonah Jameson talking about you know Spider Man is Peter Parker that's what you see on the, like the TV screen happening in Venom two, and then here we see so there's like a guy with a hammer and a Hulk and all you know all stuff, um, yeah. So he you know he transfer he gets sucked back out because of you know the the closing of the the portal and all that or not the portal but the dimension, but there is a little bit of the symbiote there. Yeah. So th- that may be how they introduce the symbiote to the MCU, um, which if they do, I mean, I guess we'll see how it goes. But, like, I really kind of like the whole coming from, you know, coming from outer space, either via uh, Jameson's son or, you know, other methods, how it actually comes down as, a, like, an asteroid or whatever. Yeah. But, I mean, I guess, I mean, this could work out. I'd be curious to see what they do with it, but... um it is interesting now that the symbiote is officially in the MCU. Yep. Yep, which, you know, opens up a ridiculous number of possibilities for the MCU uh, long-term, you know. 
Um, no, I thought that was really cool. I I uh, I, I need to watch the Venom too. Um, I want to. Um, and I, I liked the first Venom. Um, I did. There was rumors that uh, he was going to show up in the MCU. Um, Tom Hardy's Venom. And it's just to a totally different tone. Yeah. So I didn't really see how they were going to pull that off. So this does make more sense of like, it's like a technicality. Like, mm-hmm. like we're going to introduce, we're going to acknowledge that there's another Venom, but the Venom symbiote is actually just going to like, through the multiverse, end up in the, um, instead of up in space, just through the multiverse is how he ends up um, in, in our MCU. So um, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, yeah, really well done. Um, and then we get our post credit scene, which is actually a trailer for Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness. Yeah. Uh, you know, it acknowledges the events of WandaVision in there. So all of this MCU stuff, the TV shows and everything are all tying together, obviously. Yep. Um, and kind of shows of, you know, what they know of the multiverse is very little. Uh, a scene that, or a, a line that he used in this movie. And, uh, yeah. Very interested to see where that goes. Um, yeah, not not yeah, that sure. Was, it was a little bit of a disappointment for like the post credit scenes, um, just because I already we already knew that there was an Doctor Strange movie coming out soon. We already knew that Scarlet Witch was definitely going to be part of it. Um, the only thing that that trailer really reveals is that like, oh, he's going to be fighting a evil version of himself. Mm-hmm. Um, Doctor Strange will be, um, which is cool. But again, like I guess I would rather have just found that out in the movie. I didn't need to find it out in a trailer. I'm wondering if it's that what if version of Doctor Strange. Okay. Because things I, are tying into what if as well. Yeah. Um, very well could be. Um, so yeah, it'll be interesting. You know, it that was it was just like it's like I didn't get anything for the post credit scene besides the Venom thing because I already knew that. Doctor Strange was coming out. I already knew everything about it, so um, I don't really need to see anything more from that movie um, mm-hmm. or for, for trailers or anything. I'm excited to see it, and that film will certainly, I think, start tying into what we saw in Loki with Kang. Yeah. Um, at some point with all these multiverse talk, they're going to have to talk about Kang and bring him in as one of the big bads for the next five, ten years, whatever they decide, so... Um, I'm hoping when that that's when we'll see that, and that's when we'll start to see the development of the next Avengers. You know, mm-hmm. um, so um, yeah. Uh, but overall, very good experience. You know, it's just a different experience in the movie theater, and <laughs> what everyone you know everyone waits for the you know credit and credit scene. It's mm-hmm. just so interesting. So you know, not everybody did. Like there were people that were filing out. And I'm like. Seriously? All right. Yeah. Y'all, y'all been here before first time? I think I don't think I saw a single person leave in ours. Um, (laughs) They got up and stood by the right by the door, so they could jet as soon as it was done. But, Mm -hmm. um, what are your overall impressions of this entire film? I, I mean, loved it. It was fantastic. It was really good. Um, I liked that one scene where you know. Um, Andrew Garfield's kind of self-deprecating himself and he's talking to Toby and Toby's like, no, yeah, stop that, man. I mean, (laughs) you're amazing. And we're kind of tied in because his movies are the amazing Spider-Man. Yeah. Um, But uh, I thought this movie was amazing. I thought it was spectacular. I thought it was really good, really well done. Um, And I, you know, I wish Stanley would have been here to see it, you know, to to see how this would, 
would be on the screen. Yeah, for sure. Um, definitely miss him not being in this movie, you know, being as big as it is for, you know, the character that he helped to create. Um, but I, I, I couldn't have asked for anything more, honestly, from what they were able to pull on screen. I mean, they pulled the character from every movie. We got, um, Spider-Man 1, we got Norman Osborn and Toby, obviously. We got Doc Ock, we got Sandman from Spider-Man 3, all three of those movies are covered. We got, uh, the Lizard from Amazing Spider-Man 1 and Andrew, obviously. And then Electro and, uh, those ones from Spider-Man 2. And we're here. So, I was super impressed that they were able to pull it off. I mean, I was only sad that the movie ended, right? Uh, that it, that it had to end, but it was so good. We had Charlie Cox in here as 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 Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. Hopefully, um, there's a ton of of places where they could use this as a launching point for different things now for Disney Plus possibly or for other movies or other tie-ins. And I'm just amazed that they were able to pull this off after you know a whole 19 years of. Spider-Man movies—they've all tied them all in together here, and I—I'm impressed. I'm super impressed. They did it well, a good job with it. And it's very odd that you get a third movie in a franchise—you know, call it—we'll call it the Holland franchise the third movie—that is as good, if not better, probably my I think better than like the first yeah. and second installments. So it's. I speechless. So, yeah, seriously, yeah. it's it's so good. Yeah, um, I I think I feel very much the same way. I have a lot of the same thoughts. Um, having grown up with Tobey Maguire's Spider Man, and just yeah, I'm um, Spider Man is just a lot of people's favorite, you know, Marvel superhero. Um, like we talked about earlier, he's just he's relatable. He's young. He's every man's superhero. He's not overpowered. Um, and to see all these representations of him together and like they still act like they did in their original movies, but they did it now, you know, you know, for Toby 19 years later. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just incredible. Um, and yes, it is kind of the worst kept secret in Hollywood or whatever, but like I never had, you know, they didn't complete, they never completely spoiled it. It wasn't in a trailer. It wasn't. I still got to savor that moment in the movie theater um, when I finally got to see them on screen, and it just felt surreal. I was like, "Is this really happening?" Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it was just a great experience. Um, time will tell if I think it's truly one of the best MCU movies. Um, you know, I coming out of that movie theater, I was like, "That's my favorite." That's my favorite by far. Um, and it would kind of make sense because of the whole baggage of the mm-hmm. other Spider-Man movies of nostalgia, just because it's going to fuel it up. Um, and a little bit, I had a little bit of that because of end, uh, when I looked at how I felt about Endgame as well, because same deal is 10, 10 year buildup. Now we're talking about a 20 year buildup, um, but just with one character. So it's really hard to say which one's, you know, I think for me, it's those are two are my favorite MCU movies, um, and it's funny because they're both, you know, bringing stuff from several several years of buildup. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I cannot wait to watch it again mm-hmm. at home and rewatch it probably several times, um, just to catch everything. And, and this movie legitimately gives you reasons to go back and watch the other films, mm-hmm. which is crazy. So, um, I would love like, like talk about like a fun activity or something like that. Or when our kids get older and are ready to watch movies, it's like, all right, let's sit down and watch the Spider-Man saga. <laughs> uh, you know, forget the MCU. We're just going to watch all the Spider-Man films. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, that would be really cool. So, nope, I, I loved it. Really glad I got to go see it this week. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. All right, well, that sounds good to me. I mean, we've been talking for a while on this movie, but definitely um, one we've been looking forward to, one that got yeah. us out of the house into the theaters. Um, it, it was a big event, and it's going to have a big opening weekend, and uh, I hope that you know this signals you know more amazing things to come. Well, that'll do it for us for this episode of That's Entertaining, Dear Listener. We thank you for listening. You can find us over on Twitter at EntertainingPod. You can find Justin on Twitter at... Uh, Justy Pickles. J-U-S-T-Y-P Pickles. Justy Pickles. There you go. And you can find me at Voiced by Nathan. Uh, we appreciate you listening and would love to hear your comments on uh, what you thought about the show. Let us know. And we will catch you all next time. We thank you for listening, and we hope that you have been entertained.